First off, man, we like thank you for coming on the show. We big, big fans of you and your game and your career. It's too old. <laughs> and um, well, that's one of the, the biggest stories we've seen because when we first got to the league, we finally played the Knicks. And when we played y'all, we was just down there. We was on the other end. I don't know if you probably remember this. We was on the other end doing our shoot around before the game. And we looking down there at you and we like, man, he hitting this shot. <laughs> so then we got close to you and then we seen your shoes. <laughs> And when your shoes had the H2O on her, we thought that was some of the dopest shit we ever seen in our life. Like, we talk about this, like, this is 22 years later, and we talk about this is one of our favorite stories, both of us, to tell and tell people of our, some of our experiences when we first got to the league. And it was definitely with you and playing against you and, and that Knicks team. Like, it's definitely dope, so thank yeah. you. For, Man, for, listen, I... I'm honored. You know, when I got the call, I was like, okay, I got the call. <laughs> I got the call. <laughs> like the Hall of Fame. Right? <laughs> yeah, but appreciate you. When, you. when you first got to the league, who was the first person to bust your ass? So I've seen this before. Um, <laughs> you know, it's somebody that probably, I don't know a lot of people are going to remember, but Doug West. Doug West. Ooh, man, Doug West. So, so, yeah. so, you know, when, when you come to the league, y'all y'all know this, when you come in, you – you were a big guard. You were like big for your size, skilled, and I was considered a big guard, you mm -hmm. know, coming in. And like I'm noticing, like everybody's the same size, they bigger. So I'm like, I'm checking this dude. He's coming off pin downs, like hard, fast. I can't move him. I mean, he's just he's just moving me around. Yeah. And so I think it was Doug West. And you gotta remember, I had practice against Joe Dumars every Joe day. Dude, Joe yeah. D. So yeah. Joe, you know, was like a bulldog. I mean, low to the ground, had really good feet, and people probably good don't hands. know <laughs> that he had he was a really good tennis player. So no, Joe Joe was that. a really good tennis player. So we had our practice facility in, in the Pistons, and he would go sometimes either before or after practice or workouts and go just hit tennis balls, you know, either with the owner or somebody else. Yeah. And I noticed that he always was, like, really good feet, you know what yeah, I mean? Right. So you think about, like, the way his game was. So Joe, um, Mitch Richmond, mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah, rock. I mean, guys who just had that real low center of gravity. Q, you yeah. know what I mean? Garden, Garden Q was yeah. tough because – you could move them, you and, know, um, and they had they good put feet. Put anchor down. They, you know, that spin out loud. <laughs> you know, you know when the spin out loud was coming. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, 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 we live on location. New York City's in the building. New we York. came all the way out east. We had to get a New York Nick legend, one of the best shooters in the history of the game, man. Anytime you got a nickname called H2O, that means your jump is straight water. Water. <laughs> and we had to come out here to get my main man straight out of Louisville, Kentucky. Legend. Tennessee legend. We got Allen H2O Houston in the building, y'all. Visible with Verizon. Visible with Verizon, we in the building. Presented by Visible. Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville, Kentucky is a small city and but everybody who come out, if you get one yeah. to come out, he definitely a boy coming <laughs> coming out of there. How was it, Louisville, Kentucky, when you uh, got to high school and 
and you start noticing like, all right, well, I'm on the highest level of high school, and I'm yeah. finna be one of these top guys. So my my thing with Louisville growing up, so I grew up right right two doors down from Muhammad Ali. My mother my wow. mother knew Muhammad Ali growing up, right? Mm. So my biggest story from Louisville starts with Grand Avenue in the West End, where you know I would hear stories about Muhammad Ali coming back in his Cadillac and just knocking on the door. And mm. so my um, my mother and my uncle, you know, were cool with Ali. You know, mm-hmm. just, they know him when he would chase the bus to school and all yeah. that. So for me, hearing those stories about growing up was really impactful. Mm-hmm. So then when I'm, you know, when I'm nine or 10 years old, my father's the assistant coach at Louisville. He become the first black assistant coach at Louisville. And so a lot of history. So then I'm eight, nine years old, and I watched Louisville win their first national championship. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm watching Larry Brown's the head coach, Kiki mm-hmm. Vandeway, Kiki Rob Vandeway. Foster, yeah. and Daryl Griffith. So mm-hmm. Daryl Griffith was everybody's hero right. yeah. growing up in Louisville. Like he was the measuring stick. And he was the guy that since I'm nine or ten years old, you measure against. So then, you know, Kentucky basketball is only one state champion, mm-hmm. right? There's only one. You know, class is nothing. So when you're coming up into that, and you so no matter from how Louisville, big the school is or how small the school is, everything sweet, is all Sweet one. 16. 16 teams make it to the state tournament. Mm, so my sophomore that. year, we play in Rupp Arena, 23,000 people in the building. And, and, you know, when you're from Louisville, so you got to think, like, Kentucky's just a, it's a southern state, but Louisville has, like, you know, kind of like it's the city, considered the city school, Lexington a little bit. So you come into Rupp Arena and you're from Louisville, it's like, you everybody's against you. Yeah. So I remember after one of the games in the state tournament, um, I come back to the locker room and I'm a sophomore at this time. And Rex Chapman was like a cult hero in Kentucky. Yeah. He was the yeah. man. <laughs> he comes back to the locker room and everybody's like, yo, Rex, Rex coming back in the locker room. And he comes up to me and he was like, keep working, dog. You're going to be all right. You know what that meant? Like, I'm coming from, now, I'm from Louisville, so I'm already, like, in the mix with Louisville players. But when Rex came back down, I was like, oh. Yeah. That whole, like, Louisville, Kentucky experience was was impactful to me because my father was a coach. Now, you know, I get invited to Nike camp after my sophomore year, and you're playing against, like, you know, Billy Owens. And back then it was Billy Chris o. Jackson. It wasn't Mike Moog. Yeah, right. Chris Jackson. Yeah, you know, right. all these guys. But, but yeah, being from Louisville, not just being one of the top guys, but having that heritage of watching the Louisville basketball team, seeing the history come up, and then my father's a coach. And it was a lot, you know, to, uh, to take in. And, you know, back in the summers, we would come back to the gym and all the pros, you know, Daryl Griffith, you know, back then, you know, they used to come back and play in the summers, and 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 that's really where you started to get your game. You know, like kind of how y'all had the runs in Chicago. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. like everybody would come back, and in that hot box in Crawford Gym, mm-hmm. and um, that's where you just had to you had to earn your stripes. How was it for you to to be a sophomore going to Rupp Arena in front of twenty three thousand, all of them against you? Like, what was yeah. what was like? How was that to be walking into that type of environment? Man, I look back on it and. Uh, it it was it was so fun. It was exciting. You know what I mean. You 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 feel like it's Louisville. You felt like in the state of Kentucky, all the counties, right? You go to all you got Oldham County, Shelby County, all these counties that are just like rural pockets. And Louisville's, you know, if you compare to other cities, Louisville's kind of. Um, but then you go in that building and the history of Kentucky, and then 
23,000, you're a sophomore, you're like, yo, this is crazy. This is high school basketball. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? And and but it's just it's just what it is. And to make it even to play in that is is pretty special. It's it's um it's it, when you watch a movie like Hoosier and you watch those movies, it's like it's really like that. Yeah. You know, it's really like that. You just it's it's a it's a phenomenon, you know, Kentucky high school basketball, Kentucky Indiana basketball. When did your daddy go to to UT, like when did he uh, leave to go to UT uh, when you was in high school? Like, what so what happened he... was my my senior year, um, I signed the very first day. He was still assistant at Louisville, and they had won a national championship with Purvis Ellison and Milt Wagner and all those guys Milt in '86. <laughs> That's why I won number twenty. Yeah, as a Milt. Milt Wag. <laughs> so my senior year, I signed the very first day. November 9th, I remember the date. Mm -hmm. High school, everybody's behind me and I'm signing and I'm headed to Louisville, right? That following April, my dad gets, he gets uh, interviewed, right? He gets interviewed for, I think it was Texas and I think UTC, he gets interviewed. Tennessee job comes up and we're like, man, you know, it's his time now, you know what I mean? And and they made a, it was a big deal because he grew up 15 minutes from Knoxville. Mm -hmm. And growing up, my, he and my grandfather couldn't even get into the football stadium. You know, he wouldn't, you know, it was, you know, so mm, now yeah. he's getting interviewed to be the head coach, first black head coach in Southeastern Conference history. So I'm, um, I'm sitting here, we on spring break in April and we sitting kind of by this, by this little outdoor pool. And I hear my mother screaming, he got the job, he got the job. And I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> I'm like, what oh, that mean, though? what I'm gonna do now? Like, I'm not going to Louisville now. Right, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was a wrap. And then everybody was like, you know, what you gonna do? I'm like, what are you talking about? What I'm gonna do? You know, I'm, yeah. I'm going my 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 father. You know yeah. what I mean? So that's how it happened. And we made an appeal to the NCAA um, for me to get out of my son. So how did that go? Because you, I'm gonna tell you, you I'm gonna tell you a crazy story about like compared to now. So we, I remember my dad sat me down. We sat down as a family, right? And back then. His whole thing was play four years, get your degree, because he has seen guys come up and play four years and still not make it. Like, mm -hmm. He has seen the best of the best go through this grind. So his thing was, man, you're going to play four years. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna put your time in, and if you're ready, you're ready. Mm -hmm. So this was obviously before my college career. So his, his plan was if they have to take a year away from you to go play with me at Tennessee, I'd rather you stay at Louisville. Mm -hmm. And not play for me if you have to lose a year. Mm -hmm. So, so when we found out that they were gonna let me play four years, not get penalized, I was off. It was off, and that was it. So I remember this Compared as a family. Compared to the transport portal today, they ain't got no issue. They just bounce. Your pops at Louisville, and you know everybody expecting to go to Louisville. But what was like them them other recruiting schools that you went to, like that maybe had a chance to actually get you. The thing is, because I was, at that time, I had kind of been one of the top five from my junior year on. I think everybody knew, because he was at Louisville. Yeah, I think at that time, Louisville was like the Kentucky. Yeah, right. So yeah. No, nobody really expected me to even think about going anywhere else, because yeah. Louisville was such a prominent program, and, and you got did. a top five player, he going to go to Louisville. But I remember... I remember Coach Leonard Hamilton coming to me after Leonard one of the All-Star game, right? And he was at Kentucky. And he said, look, I just got to ask you, you shout know. Shout out, Coach Dude, dude yes, yeah, shout out. He was like, uh, I just got to ask you, you know, do, do we have a chance? I was like, 
Nah, coach, y'all ain't got a chance. I can't. I'm not. I can't come to Kentucky. You gotta respect them for asking that question. The way some asked. people don't ask that question, and they never yeah, know what an answer could have been. Yeah. So I mean, a lot of coaches. There were coaches that called, but I think they did it because they just had to least hear it. You is, know? There, is there any truth to a visit with to LSU with the eighth wonder of the world with Shaquille O'Neal? The story <laughs> with Shaq was so I took one visit. Uh-huh. My visit was to Louisville, but I took my visit when Shaq took his visit to Louisville. Oh, mm. so my dad, we were like, look, shoot, take your visit when Shaq comes, right? So I don't even know who took us out, but this is my chance to stay in a hotel at home while we can. That's why I did the same thing with you. That's right. <laughs> so, hey, so, people don't be understanding why we do something. I ain't got to stay home this weekend. And, and Shaq's coming to town. So, so I get my room, I get settled, and, and I forgot who it was that, was that took us. So we go knock on Shaq's door, right? Now, you got to think, when Shaq was in high school and Texas didn't get really – a lot of the shine to be ranked. So he wasn't yeah. in the top of the ranking. He had a big chip on his shoulder already because yeah. he wasn't like in the, all the, the high school rankings and mm. all that. So we go knock on his door, you know, we knock on his door and we wait for a minute. It's like, what the fella doing, right? He comes out, he comes out. And the first thing he said was, I'm the number one player in the country. <laughs> 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 he let it be known right off the top. <clears throat> we had a good time, though, man. I mean, he at, at the end of every visit, Coach Crum, who was the head coach, shout out to Denny Crum, mm-hmm. um, would invite to his house, and he'd make pancakes, mm-hmm. right? He'd make pancakes, and if you want to go fishing, you do all that. So he makes his first set of pancakes and puts them on the table, and Shaq eats all the pancakes. <laughs> all <laughs> he of comes them. going... Dude, it got to the point where we stopped eating and we started watching. Like, he had, like, a gallon of milk. I mean, he was going. I mean, it got to the point where it was like a show. I'm like, man, this dude is going to eat all these pancakes. (laughs) He had a bottle of milk. But, man, we had a good time with Shaq. But Shaq let it be known as soon as he came out the door. I'm the number one player in the country. With all the history that come out of of Kentucky, how was it for you to be named – you know what I'm saying, Mr. Kentucky, like the best yeah. basketball player in the state. So you would really ask him about an individual award that you <laughs> shared before asking him about winning the state championship. <laughs> what what they got to this do is, with me? This is, this is an ongoing thing. Right. He's only asking about Mr. Basketball because he won Mr. Basketball. <laughs> but you did it the right way. You won okay. Mr. Basketball as well as winning the state championship. But I'm, I'm not what bad. You, I'm going to interrupt you your what question. You my bad. Did I, my you bad. win a Mr. Basketball? I'm a state champion. Great for you. You feel me? Uh, but we won in my jun- We won in my junior year, but we didn't win in my senior year. Oh, so you like him then? <laughs> but you did win your junior. You can't say you won, but your senior year when you got your little <laughs> Mister Basketball. Go ahead, y'all. Go ahead, talk. Go ahead. I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean you know, I mean, winning Mister Basketball again, and, and at that time, you know, with the history of Kentucky, Indiana was huge. I think, you know, my my father's Daryl Griffith did it. You look at you know Rex. You look at all the people who did it. I think the most impactful part of that is a letter that my my dad wrote, um, and he put it on my bed. And I and I don't have a letter now, but I it, it, that part just saying like how proud of he was of me for winning that after everything that he has seen and yeah. the people he had coached. You know, I think that was probably the biggest part that stuck out is like how. He wrote that letter out, you know, saying how proud of me he was of me from winning Mr. Basketball. It was, you know, it was a big thing. It was a big thing. Yeah. How was your uh, McDonald's experience? Like when you when you went to the McDonald's game and you selected with the top players in the country. 
Yeah, I still got, I still got the jersey, man. It's Straight like up. McDonald's, right? I it's still like, got my little warm up in it. <laughs> yeah, I got you, all that action. Yeah, that I mean, action. it's like it's one of those games where it's like the McDonald's, and it's like, you know, the practices are fun. You know what I mean? And we had like Bobby Hurley, mm-hmm. Jimmy Jackson, mm-hmm. you know, Shaq. Oh, I mean, I remember there was a yeah, man. We yeah. it was it was um, Shaq had a play where he he got the ball. I think he got a block. Came down, went behind his back, and did something crazy. He was like. And, and nobody was seen like like that from his size. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Like the fact that he had all that and still had that type of skill and talent. I mean, but but to be named to that and have that experience, it was in St. Louis. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and um, just yeah. warming your heart, right? Come on, yeah. man. You know, come on, man. You know how they be in the Louis. <laughs> they always gotta come through there. Yeah. You got to visit the art time. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> 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 he like that. He like that. Oh, the cameras caught us a little look at me. Right. <laughs> so, uh, for Tennessee, for for you and your pops is walking through the door for the first time. Yeah. Coming on this campus, yeah. and you know, not only is he your pops bringing his presence, he's bringing his family with him. You know yeah. what I'm saying? His whole family is gonna be embedded on this whole program, yeah. like just in yeah. general. Like once it, it, it was official and you there in general, yeah. man, y'all get on that campus and, and you know, y'all put on them colors and like, how was that to man, get in that it, first it, practice it, and see from, your, your from pops day run? one, two, two points I remember, one, just walking in his office for the first time, right? Like seeing him, like, you know, man, you made it, man. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like. And the first black African-American in the in, SEC as a in, head coach. In, in, in a place that we used to ride by, like we used to drive from Louisville to, to Alcoa, Tennessee. Alcoa is a town that was basically built for a, from a big aluminum plant. Mm-hmm. So my grandfather worked in the aluminum plant for 35 years, and we get laid off, get another job. So the Alcoa was like my second home. That was, that we, was, we just loved going there all the summers. So when you step when we stepped on the campus, it was like it was always bigger than basketball. Yeah. It's like we were representing the history of our family being so close. We were representing so much. And and I'm I'm gonna pin that because I'll tell you a story that when Derek Fisher got the job at ten, at uh in New York, our offices were right across the hall from each other. And the first thing he did, he came in the door. He came in my office and he like shut the door. I was like, "What's going on?" Right? He said, "Man, I just want to tell you, like, as a kid growing up in Arkansas, when I saw you and your father, like you playing for your father, mm-hmm. first black coach of Tennessee, I just want you to know, man, like that impacted so many people. You don't even realize, man, you dope. know, like that's yeah. the first thing he said to me when he was the head coach of the Knicks, walked in my office and told me that story. Yeah, that's like, crazy. Hey, that's crazy. Yeah. So you don't realize." You know, we 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 knew that it was big, but we had no idea how big that was, yeah. right? And yeah. now I'm looking, seeing all my my grandfather, you know, my my cousins, like all of Alcoa, you know, like in that section every game, and it was just like it was crazy because you just really felt like every game it wasn't even really about that opponent. It was like it was always bigger than bigger than that. You got there, and um, now you went to the games your freshman year, and so like you a scorer. And you know, sometimes you know you see guys that's like kind of your height and stuff like that, or yeah. and you on a whole another level now. You kind of want to test your mic to see, like, oh yeah. man, can I score the way yeah. I scored in high school yeah. on this type of low? When did you feel like, man, like, yeah, I supposed to be right here and I can get buckets out here? 
anytime. I think the moment that really stamped that for me is uh, my freshman year. We played against uh, LSU, and um, you know they had Shaq, Stanley Roberts, Stanley Roberts but they had that dude, Chris Jackson, yeah. <laughs> forty nine. He came forty nine. I had forty three, mm. and I had eleven assists that game. When I look at the stat sheet, I'm like, how did? It didn't. Even, the game seemed so like surreal, yeah. right? But I knew that you know my skill and I think my size was a factor. But you know I had to get stronger. Yeah. Um, you know, playing coming in right away, my father kind of had to put the ball in my hands um, because he knew very early you can shoot, but if you can't get your own shot, then you're not going to be able to advance. And that yeah. was his whole thing. So he early made sure that I was able to do that. I, we had some, we had seen my freshman year, we had a lot of seniors. So I think that helped too. And they kind of embraced me. They kind of like, More you know, it wasn't like a competitive program. thing. Yeah. Like they knew like, you got a talented guy, we yeah. need to make sure this works. Yep. Seniors love dope freshmen. I mean, you know, it's, it's like, I, I felt like they were going to come in and be like, okay, coach, your son, I know you're talented. Mm, this but was, like, I, that's my question. That's my question. How many? How, how much of that did you run into before it got cool? Like, before you had to, like, really show, like, no, 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 these hands work. Like, I'm nice. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Because, well, I mean, that's my – if I see yeah. somebody who – my first approach, oh, man, you, yeah. man, he play for you. got to get the shoot because yeah. he's – I'm locked that right. up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Until you showed me otherwise that you run into any of that, people trying to talk well, trash. Well, I think, or, I think you know, you have a reputation. You're coming in as a McDonald's guy, and I think the first – yeah, thing that, I think my well. first got, thing that my father made sure that I did, and I, he had to tell it to me much, but but I just knew you got to come in and be. First of all, he always says, "Be humble and hardworking." So if you come in, be humble and work harder than anybody. He always say, like, just watch the gym. If somebody's if somebody's feel like they're working harder than you, you're not doing your job. Yeah. Mm. So I said, if I if I can kind of take that approach early, then I can kind of get respect, and then. You know, and I, I was just aware of it. So once I did that and I had a couple good games early, I think they were like, all right, then let's figure out how to make this work. And then we right. had another guard who was a scorer, right? Yeah. And I knew that that's – his name was Greg Bell. He was a senior. I, he had had a good career coming up. And what I didn't want to do is like – I wanted to make sure like, yo, man, you're a senior. You got to get your shine. So I, I, I had to figure it out how to make that work too. But that game was the game that I was like, okay, um, you can do that at this point on this stage. And the SEC, mm-hmm. it's a tough conference, mm-hmm. you know, yes. you know, coming as a freshman. So I felt like I was ready, but I think what my, what my father did a lot was he made practices a lot harder on me than the games. So he didn't say nothing to me in the games. But in practice, he was always putting drills in where, you know, you got to break double teams full court. You know, mm-hmm. it was he knew that I, I was going to need to – to be ready for that. How how hard was it for your pops to be working at a college and you know yeah. the time that he has to put in yeah. away from from the family, your style of play, the yeah. way you play your game. I know he couldn't give a lot to you. So, so. a lot of that came early for me because I was in I was in Louisville basketball camps like all Girls. summer growing up. And you, you know what I mean? We used to go right to away. basketball camps, right? Yeah. So you would for four weeks in the summer from eight years old up until like my freshman year. I, I'm doing John Wooden footwork drills. Yeah. We're doing like then you go one on one. You know the team camps. Yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. So all that was kind of put in early. Yeah. So by the time I was in high school and it got to that point, it was really more about leadership. 
yeah. manhood. Yeah, like, what does all this stuff really mean now? The other stuff. So, I think the hard part, the hardest part was, you know, seeing how the adversity that he had to go through and what my mother had to deal with in kind of seeing, I got a son and I got a husband. You know, they getting hit with media. They get, you know, it's it's you going deep south and yeah. Starkville, Mississippi. You know, you know the mom always the strongest. She keep us all together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so I was more like kind of trying to f- be observant of that, you know, and how he was taking it. Um, and I, I feel like I was going to be good. You know, I just wanted to like, how's it all going to just work together? And so he was. You know, it was times, you know, he had to sit me down and be like, yo, man, like, you know, he had to be he had to be dad a lot, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. And the funny thing was, like, I still don't even know what I called him. And how, like, that's why I was saying, like, how was that dynamic, though, like, to have your father? Like, because, you know, a lot of us, when we get to college, we're like, oh, yeah, yeah it's home. I know. I'm about to, you know what I'm saying? I'm about to <laughs> yeah. go ahead and be it, me right one have, time. But, like, look, you 20 years old. You check every day. You walking through the door. You got to come. You, you face yeah. to face with pops. Yeah. You can't be late. Nah, you can't times, do this. Man, you know he, what I'm saying? He had a, some, one time he had, to, he had to bring me into the office and be like, look, it's real. You know, I was, I was hanging out with this dude and who wasn't, you know, he wasn't the type of the dude that, the people I should have been hanging around, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm like, it's cool with me, but I didn't see the big picture. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that was a big lesson for me. And he had to sit me down. It wasn't coach at that point. Yeah. It was it was pops. Like, yeah. I don't care if you you know what I mean? Like this could get get real. Tell like the like the kids of the day, like I'll be trying to tell the kids like mastering fundamentals. Mm-hmm. When you master the fundamentals, then you can add the extra crossover to it or the extra moves and stuff. Yeah. Like your game is very fundamentally the sound very to the T, footwork the right way, stuff like that. Just tell her how you mastered them fundamentals first and then you added all the rest to it. Well, I mean, I I guess it goes again, goes back to I learned it so early. Like Louisville ran, Louisville ran, Louisville, I knew knew the UCLA high post offense that John Wooden ran when I was 12 years old. Yeah. Like I knew, I knew the cuts. I knew the angles. Every position. So even when <laughs> even when Phil was here, right? Mm-hmm. When Phil was here with the Knicks, I used to pick his brain about the triangle. Mm-hmm. Like people called triangle triple post, and people yeah. would be like, "Man, don't worry." I said, I'm "Listen, y'all gotta understand. Like, doesn't matter what your position is, right?" And I tell people like, "Okay, take this simple rule: Can you score in four seconds and in two dribbles anywhere on the court?" Just think about could you can you can you no matter where you are right. I look at someone like KG and some of the guys who who were so fundamentally sound. Michael was so fundamentally sound that people don't realize he played for Dean Smith for three years, mm-hmm. right? So you people talk about Kobe. People always talk about the guys who had great footwork, great mid range game. It's because it starts with the feet. Mm-hmm. Everything starts with your feet and being aware of your balance in your feet and how you can be efficient with your movement before mm-hmm. you even do anything with the ball. Mm-hmm. So my thing was we used to play a lot of one on one with no dribble, you know. From Two dribble, yeah, like like you can't go on Walker that side. D. Russell, like Walker yeah. D. We used in Detroit. We used to play no Walker dribble one on one. Shout out Walker D. <laughs> on the <laughs> so I think it's like when you say master the fundamentals, it's master your base first, mm-hmm. then master who you are. Mm-hmm. Like we try to do so much of watching somebody else what they do, mm-hmm. master your basics, and then figure out what you, what what you do best, and then build off of that. 
AKA Kiki Vanderway. Kiki. Kiki. Triple Vanderway. Threat King. We worked out with Kiki one summer, man. We only got to do it a couple days, but like to sit there and just not even dribble almost. Like he showed us so many derivatives out of that damn triple threat and so many moves just off of the jab to this way. It was like we was just standing there for an hour or two and we was doing just different moves off the off the triple threat. It was like, dog, it's so unbelievable. He got a whole whole right. package just on this. Right. It's a science to it, you know, and I think what happens is like people all that does it whatever talent you have, it 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 elevates it. Right. People want to you know look at the other way around. You want to like take your talent and all your that skill it starts with the base because if you don't have a base then you, your your talent's gonna be limited yeah how was it when your first time you played against Kentucky I'm trying to remember the first game but it was always even Tennessee and Kentucky like I always considered Kentucky like a nemesis right yeah. for Louisville then you go to Tennessee and they always had a little bit of a rivalry um it was close to home uh Playing in Rupp, I mean, it was always, it was always a big game. I think the biggest one was when we beat them. I think it was my junior year, and I had to miss a free throw. We were down three, and you know, hit a hit hit, hit the first one, missed the second one, and my man Corey Allen got the rebound and got an and one. Yeah. So we beat them on a four, a non-traditional four-point play. Yeah, it was so many, you know. Um, Playing against MASH, you know, the cool thing was playing against a lot of those kids I played against in high school in the state tournament, you know, Mm. Richie Farmer and Darren Feldhouse and all them guys. Um, Roger Groves was tough. Remember Roger Roger Groves? Um, So, you know, um, yeah, so it was was a lot of fun fun matchups against Kentucky. You you was – SEC fresh, you was all freshman, all freshman team as a, as a, obviously as a freshman. But then you made all SEC first team three years in a row. So at no point was you like thinking about I'm about to bounce early. Like you stayed all four years. Yeah, like at like, no uh, point was you like, yeah. ah, this could be the year because nah. like you, like you say, you all SEC first team three years. Yeah, I think it was after my sophomore year, and I hadn't really, I didn't really think about it. But after my sophomore year, we had a, we went to. Um, we went to the finals of the SEC tournament, and, that, and we had a really good tournament. And um, I heard people kind of like asking me, like, "Are you going, you going to leave? Gonna go. Are you going to stay?" I'm like, I had never really even thought about it. And then, in my mind, you know, I always had that thing with my father, like, you know, play your four years. You know, at that time, like things kind of changed a yeah. little bit. After my junior years, when I really thought about it, I really thought about it because you know. Um, I think Jimmy went, mm-hmm. you know, Jackson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And these were guys, you know, when you play against the guys all since high school yeah. and you're like there, like, right. man, these yeah. guys leaving. I'm like, and I think what happened was, honestly, man, I just prayed about it. I just, I, I, I remember taking like two weeks and just like, all right, you know, what's it, what is it in it for me? Not not what's in it for me, but like what is what's meant for me, right? Mm-hmm. And I just remember reflecting, like, man, how many people, how many times do people get this opportunity? Like, yeah. I'm gonna I'm look back 20 years from now and be like, man, you had a chance to like create a legacy, you know, with your dad, you know what I mean? And I, I didn't know what was gonna happen, but I'm like, I wasn't worried about getting hurt. I wasn't really worried about my stock dropping. I mm-hmm. wasn't even worried about it. Mm. it. To me, that was all written, done, and said, right? Mm. To me, it was about, what can you can you create something more than you had with with this 
you know, your dad and the legacy and all that. To be in the college and, and when you get the most points in the history of a, <laughs> of it, like whole lot you know, of buckets, like yeah, that is a whole lot of buckets. Like, how is that for you? You know what I'm saying? Not only, man, your pops is the coach. Like, man, you you become the, you know, the most you scored the most points in in the school history. Like, I don't think it's gonna last though, because these <laughs> no, these days it's man, never last. Right. right now, that's yeah. an accomplishment in itself. Yeah. It's 2022. You did right. that back in. Eight ninety three, bro. Right. Like, yeah. Please, let's see well, how they come through getting buckets now. Guys gonna be, they gonna leave. They leaving. They, they leaving early. Now. Yeah, they they leave. <laughs> um, I, you know, I I don't know, man. Well, you, just, did you even know that you was even close to even get, getting? Yeah, I think I think up to it. They I didn't had to let them. Know. Yeah, I mean, I think I, once I knew I was coming back for my senior year, um, I don't know how close I was, you know, after my junior year, but. I, I figured it might be something, you know. I, I just, for me, it was about just consistency. Mm -hmm. I think that was like going back to you, the fundamentals, right? It was about can you just be consistent? And that mm -hmm. was been, I think, for me, like growing up, I wasn't strong. I was real skinny. I had like a lot of issues with my knees and stuff when I was little. So for me, I had to develop all that as I was growing. I had to develop that technical part of my game because – that was my only way of being consistent. Yeah. So, um, so I think it was about how to just be consistent and, and worry about you know worry about the rest. When you went through your draft process, how many teams did you work out for? <laughs> it's about nine. Mm. Yeah, it's about nine. You know, I think eleven pick these days. I don't think they're working out for. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Yeah, right. It's, it, was it's it anywhere that you thought was you was gonna go? You know, I thought I was gonna I thought I was gonna go to Atlanta. Like, I had a really good workout. Had. I think they had uh I think they had a later pick. I think they had thirteen. I'm not sure who they had. But I, I Atlanta was two hours away from Knoxville. It was Atlanta. Mm -hmm. You know you what I'm saying? It was Atlanta, man. You know, <laughs> ATL it, it was, Saudi. Had a good workout, you know. I had like my vertical went up two inches in that workout. Yeah. Oh, it was, man, you feel good. Was, uh, I was feeling good day. with that one. Um Denver was my first one. So that yeah. was tough. Yeah. You know, because you altitude. know, altitude, altitude, your first workout. I you think scared my, already because you don't you know what the hell about to happen. Yeah, and like, man, and my legs went and, you know, my shooting. But, Did uh, you go to the draft? Yeah. How was yeah. That? So it was in Detroit. Oh, so oh, so that was what was cool about it. You was, got cheered on, dude. I mean, yeah, that's the one thing you I'm thinking. about to say. So how did he get you? So did he get cheered the on? The thing was, Lindsey, Lindsey Hunter went, and and I were ten and eleven. They picked Lindsey ten. They picked me and me eleven mm -hmm. back to back mm -hmm. in Detroit. So they picked Lindsey ten. I was like, all right. So I'm sitting there, eleven. You know, go come to Detroit. So we went across the stage, and everybody was like happy with it, and it was cool, man. I mean, you know, being drafted in Detroit right there, you know, and knowing that you're about to literally sit with a notepad under Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what, what me and Lindsey talked about every day. Like, yeah. I remember when Isaiah took us to his house, first walked in, walked in there, and then he took us outside at this little walkway. I'm like, where are we going, man? You go in, he had this indoor court, like, mm -hmm. like off on his property, but it was indoors. I'm like, dang, yeah, this is crazy. You know, I've never seen anything like that. Mm -hmm. We in there shooting around and just like, you just seeing like Isaiah like taking you under his wing. Then Joe, go to his house, right? Mm -hmm. 
and you walking around. And the one thing I remember about Joe's house is he had this like literally a off a, a bathroom off his office. I'm like, oh, I ain't never seen them like this. And I was like, if I can ever <laughs> get, get, a, get, get a bathroom off my office, I'm gonna get it. And yeah. you know, I got my bathroom. Hey, <laughs> hey, look, hey, look, and you got your indoor court. Look, look, you know, he took but a lot know, of vibes. You know, to the vision, right? Yeah. That they they put they gave they give you a vision of what you can do. But like the most important thing is that that rookie year, that summer after our rookie year, you know, I sat and watched them do the same routine every day. Yeah. They get on mm. the bike, they get their work done, they get their shots, and they're out of there. Yeah. And it wasn't that they were doing all a lot of crazy stuff. It was like every routine. day. Yeah. Just every day, same time, do the same thing. And like that was one of the most powerful things I learned, you know, uh, as, a, as, a, as a rookie coming out into my second year. To know what the bad boy Pistons was and, and so forth on, you get in there with Isaiah and Joe and the culture of it. Yeah. The style of their play because they still were trying to hold down that bad boy's style. Then, yeah. like how how was well, that? Well, it was it was right on the edge of it because they were kind of coming out of it, and Lambeer was still there. Yeah, and it was it was crazy to see like the dynamic of those relationships. Like they like they were boys, but they would go at it in practice. Yeah. They would fight in you know in practice. <laughs> yeah. When's the first time you saw a fight in practice? <laughs> like what went first? <laughs> Listen, like what happened man, the first day you saw a fight? How was you sitting up there? Well, like, one of the first the things th that happened was <laughs> was Alvin. When I saw Alvin Robertson getting Gone. into a Billy Billy McKinney, and right. y'all know Alvin had them hands. Right? <laughs> he had the claw, and I'm like, I look up. I was, like, I was like, me and Terry Mills are shooting free throws. Terry Mills just chilling, chilling, <laughs> shooting free throws, dog, dog. And I'm just like, we just, and I was, oh, hey, hey, ho, oh, oh. And over there, I see Alvin over there, and they had to pull Alvin and Billy McKinney. They, they're going. They, I'm like, yo, this is this is crazy. Then I, then one time, <laughs> um, it's it's I was, this is when Isaiah right before he, he tore his Achilles, mm -hmm. my rookie year. And um, Isaiah, I think we were on the same team, and he set and, and Bill Embiid sets a pick, and he's like, Isaiah was like, "Come on now, come on, Lamb, come on, Lamb," you know, like they really still went at it like that. And next yeah. thing you know, I didn't see it, and <laughs> Lamb said, "What?" <laughs> Yo, I, I, Isaiah come up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, yo, West what is going Chicago on? Little man syndrome. I mean, <laughs> no, nah, that was know, the West Side of Chicago in the building. It was, it was like, you know, and Joe would get into it. You know, it was just like one of them things where, okay, you could tell that they were, that was the way they competed, but they, you could tell that they were like, man, it's not like this anymore. Mm -hmm. You could tell it's, they were, it was, it was starting to get a little different, right? And, the, and so we just took it in. Right and and learn how to just navigate it all, mm -hmm. and like yeah we now we but we knew like all right, we th this is this is different we gotta we gotta build on this. You go to Detroit and and the Knicks and and these are two of the toughest franchises at the time. This is not really your style of play. Like how was that? Like the physical of both of these teams. Like did it, did Detroit help you adjust when you got over there with with Ewing and and Mason yeah. and the rest of them? Yeah, I think. So I think playing four years in the SEC helped first because you, you realize that you can still have, like, a game that's not, like, physical in nature, but you still have to have – you still have to, like, ha know how to do it, right? Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing that I learned coming from Detroit to New York was 
you, you learn how to play physical, but it was much more technical and detailed on the defensive side, right? Mm-hmm. So, so when I got to, to New York, it, it was like, it wasn't like you're not capable. It's like you're focusing concentration on every detail of, of defense, or whereas the stance, position, or every, every little thing about the technical parts of the defense was really like, okay, that was a whole different level for me. You know, and I'm a coach's son. You learn concepts, but how you put them in place in every segment. So you had to really start to become a much more of a student of the game, you know. And so um, that was my biggest adjustment, that first half of my first year coming to New York is, you know, John, playing against John every day in practice and him, you know, every everything from how you – Follow a screen, getting over a pick, ball screens, like chase. everything, what right? Shoulder you need you, to how be you on, put like. your hand, what <laughs> hand on a closeout, like yeah. every little detail, and yeah. so that was that took me that took me about a year. You know, yeah. my first half of my first year was a big adjustment because I'm thinking like, okay, I know I'm supposed to be thinking about scoring. You got big fella, big Patrick. You know, you it's a different style. I mean, Grant, me and Grant. And Lindsey and Theo Ratliff and all these guys, we kind of started to feel like a little flow, yeah. right, of how we felt like we could get better. And then that, that changed, you know, when I got to New York. So I had to, I had to figure that out. And, but most the biggest adjustment was, was just the technical part of every part of the game, especially on the defensive side. I want to go back to, go back to Detroit before we get to New York because I got to ask, I can remember, I'm sitting at the crib, Watching the dunk contest. My man, H2O. How did you come up with the, you bounced up? <laughs> man. Well, first of all. You, you know what I mean? What I'm talking about? Yeah. He bounced it off his head. Like, we had Finn ball on him. We right. talked about that right. right. This right. is a safe space. Go ahead and share it with the group. You know what like, so, What was going on? Well, and how did you come up with this? First of all, I thought it was a joke. For, for the, that they were asking me to be in a dunk contest. I'm calling shooter, my right? mom. I'm calling my mom. You know how when you when you're a rookie or whenever you're talking about going home for the All-Star break, I'm like, I'm literally on the fl- on the phone talking to my mom and somebody from the league office calls, right? And and I'm like, Mom, hold on. So she's like, such and such, you know, we, we you know, we want you to, you know, something something happened with an alternate. We want to bring you in to be in a dunk contest. I said, Ma, hold on one second. I think somebody playing a joke on me, but I got to make sure. <laughs> so I click over, and they like, you said, we want me to be in a dunk contest? I'm like, cool. All right, let's go. So, you know, I hadn't really practiced on being, being in a dunk contest. <laughs> so, so I'm trying to figure out stuff. And the night before, me uh, and my cousin, who was the best man of my wedding, we just sitting in there like, dude, he was like, dude, you should just do something crazy. Like, just Throw it off the top of your head. I never practiced it. I never even thought about doing it. That's how I came up. That was the, the night, first time. The <laughs> night before, he was like, yo, you You're just, your best if man. He said, you run out of stuff and it just gets a little like stale, just throw it off the top of your head and just do something. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so that's, how, that's how I came up. Oh, man. And, and, and then I want to know this still sticking in Detroit real quick. Like, when you, how was it when G Hill first showed up? Because we we know how like you know this is this is that G Hill that walked through the door. So like you got to see. Well, see, I got a chance to play with G in in the summer um, USA. Mm-hmm. So we got a chance to be roommates and really got to oh, kind of chance sick. to know each I other. Like yeah, we we were like you know I knew you know him, mm-hmm. and and I also knew him. Like I remember when he first came in in the first summer runs. 
And like you already knew, but then at that point he had gotten better, gotten bigger, gotten stronger, faster, faster. right to the left, and got and he had. Nice. I mean, he had all that. You know what I mean? And and he was so explosive, right? That's the one thing that I think that was really a game changer. Is at that size, he had the handle and he covered so much ground, mm-hmm. and and it's like defensively, he looked like he wasn't like all the way like in the right position, but he was so active and so long. So I was like, man, this is going to be crazy. So like we just kind of, you know, we just started trying to connect. So between me, Lindsay, him, and we just were like, how we got to make this work. And, you know, Doug would always remind, Doug would always remind us, Collins was like, this is what I did with Michael and Scotty. And, you know, and, and every day it was like, I mean, I got to give it to him. He tried to challenge us. Um, but you're young. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're young. You're trying to figure it out. Your body, mm-hmm. you're trying to figure your body out. When you see him first come in dunking on them seven footers like that, mm-hmm. like, because you know, you you in the league a couple of years and you know, like, it's you know, always you know you got a seven footer under there back then. It was always somebody bigger than the power forward and everybody else that's protecting that rim. To see him come in and once he was getting to the rim, how he was bodying. Guys after guys, he was, just, he was just something that we hadn't really seen. You know what yeah. I mean? It was different, man. Like the, again, he would cover so much ground, go over you, go around you. I mean, transition, forget it. Like we could just throw it up to him, mm-hmm. and he was an incredible playmaker. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he he has so much. It wasn't like he was just an athlete that give it to him on the wing and then and let let him go. No, he he would get in transition, and so he changed. I mean, he changed everything. He changed. Like my game, you know, helped me. So now I could kind of come off and flow off of him. And he made me better. He made everybody better. And I think um, he was able to do it like instantly. It the cheat code was that how he could, like you say, he'll, he'll hit you from the like the the right to left and then you yeah. blink and he on your head. <laughs> boom, boom. Yeah. Ah, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like legit hugging yeah. you in the rim and yeah. that. Like it, it was crazy. Like yeah. I, I always think about that Zoe dunk when he uh. – Bing, bing, and it was like literally like after the crossover, it was so fast. It was like he crossing, he at the rim, on the rim, on your head, like yeah, the fuck? yeah. He had the crossover, then the spin. You know, he had he had all that. He had all that. <laughs> you know, and Spreewell, like y'all, like night and day. Y'all two totally different pe- people, two totally different players. But the way y'all played together, I, I always it seemed like both of y'all always liked to play together, and y'all fed off each other. There's respect. So it was I, love and respect. Yeah. So, so I, I played against free. again. I played against him in college. We 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 went. We had battles in, in Alabama, mm-hmm. Plaid Palace, mm-hmm. you know. And and Why everybody went to Alabama was crazy athletic, man. <laughs> <laughs> the hell, was something going in the water, right? Boy, they got athletes, dice from a dice, yeah. Dave Robinson. Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, so when he when he came, like, okay, so we go from Alabama, had battles, you know, in Alabama, Golden State, battles in Golden State. So like that's a matchup that we always knew we had to respect. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, like at at that time the two guards when we we everybody I used to understand right. why they used to say he didn't he couldn't go low. And it was like, like man, he getting buckets nah, out here. Because <laughs> what he did, he was so good at going right, and he had such a good first step that he didn't have to like try to figure out how to go left. He just saw you angle, bam, and he's there. He's he's already on that side. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't gonna go left and then make a next second move, yeah. or, but he could still do a step back. Yeah, you know uh-huh. what I mean, all mm-hmm. that. 
But so, but I think what helped us too is, um, you know, I remember when when Ernie Grunfeld, who's a GM, was telling me like, okay, this is what I see. He's like, the Knicks had Earl Monroe and Clyde Frazier, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was like, you all could end up having an impact to play together. Because Clyde always talks about that. He always talks about when he used to battle against Earl and when Earl came, how they just figured out how to play together. Because mm-hmm. they had so much respect for yeah. each other. I love watching so, them two play. Man, so when we and, and Jeff would Jeff would like say, like literally every, I would say about once every week to 10 days, we would, we would play one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And we would go at it. 20 minutes either after practice sometimes he would set up one-on-one drills just so we could go at it mm-hmm. you know what I mean so we had such a respect for each other that when it, when game time came we had kind of like battled against each other so much that it was like yo go kill him mm-hmm. you know what I mean that's kind of how we felt and and we most times it was going to be hard for for somebody to guard both like yeah. one of us might have had a tough defensive matchup but it's going to be hard for both it's going to be hard Wits for you, Mill. Tell us like how people misunderstands him. So I think it's two ways that people misunderstood Spree. One is how intelligent he is. Yeah. Like if you sit and talk to Spree, you'd be like, yo, this dude is smart, right? Yeah. Articulate, right? And just well thought, well versed. Um, loved technology. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was always into, you know, even back then, right? And um, man, just it was really just loyal. You know what I mean? And I think the one thing that I probably look back and wish I would have probably done better is like, man, let's hang out more, right? You know, we hung out, but like, you know, they would play video games, you know, him and Marcus and, you know, yeah. and then, you know, I was still trying to figure out my my whole life and, you know, yeah. they're trying to get better. But like, everybody goes through that. But I think people don't understand like how thought, well, thought provoking you know, he can be just in a conversation or just talking or just just personable with people. Mm-hmm. I think he became guarded, so he didn't want to let everybody see and know that because he probably felt like everybody was out after yeah. him. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But when you when you with him, when you down with him, the spree's loyal. One of the best playoff series that I ever seen it was them them Knicks and Miami playoff series. Like how was that <laughs> like doing the rival and like the physicalness, the the emotions, the because I I'll, every time I think about that playoff series, I just remember you running down court and just <laughs> swinging real hard, yeah. like yeah, get your ass up out of here, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? In house, like get go home, right. this over with. Yeah. Like I, the passion and yeah. like how y'all played them series, like them two years that y'all went back and forth with them series, like just that experience of basketball that that. That you had raw man. It was just raw. It was. It's like you know. You know, y'all have your kids, and 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 they play against each other, and they play against each other so hard because they know each other so well. Yeah. And you're like, I wish you played this hard against somebody else. You play yeah. hard against your brother, and I think that's how it was for us. We knew them so well. They knew us. The whole Riles and Jeff. Yeah. The whole everything. Everything. We were. What made it so intense? I think was because. All the little rivalries, Patrick, Zoe, you know what I mean, LJ, Zoe, and, you know, I mean, I remember, like, the whole, we knew each other so well. They were doing the same thing. We had the same terminology. Same type of team. Same culture. (laughs) So it was almost like you playing against yourself. Mirror. So because it's so hard, 
it's so it's it's intense. And then when we go to Miami, it was like it was crazy because we felt like we were playing in New York. Yeah, yeah, because it's so many it's New Yorkers. So many Tell me the hot, like you said, with those with all of those little mini rivalries. How was it for you, like? You in it, but you not part of those little right. How was it for you to like feel that energy? Like how heavy and how thick was I mean, that you tension from all of those different little situations? That, I you think know. it's like all those little things add fuel to the fire, mm-hmm. and you just in one big fire, right? So I may not have been part of that piece of fuel over here, but you still part of the fire, mm-hmm. and I think that's what it felt like. And then, you know, that was a time when New York when New York was so um, amped, you know, just as a city as that time, it was just, you know, you just come off of the Bulls, you know, the Pacers. Now you coming into this, that's a whole new rivalry. It's, it's like you just kind of reinventing a new a new one. And it was just, it was so, um, every every possession, plus you got to think about the way we played too. Oh, yeah. So that was a factor. It was oh, like, yeah. you didn't have a lot of the fast Inside pace. Yeah. This, the game, the pace, I mean, it was such a slower pace yeah. and it was so much harder. Like we didn't do a lot of the multiple actions and mm-hmm. on offense. No. It was, Throw it to it the was, post, flare screen. Yeah, you got to just <laughs> face somebody <laughs> man to man and just go at them well, and either you win or you lose. Yeah. And, and so... Um, a lot of that. It was a lot of that. So I think it would that that added to all the all the intensity of Hit, it. Hitting that shot though. Like hitting that shot. Just like take us through the emotions and the you know, your teammates, you running down court, the teammates coming and give you the like just yeah. how was fulfilling and just how was that moment for you? Well, prior to that shot, uh I had tipped in a shot that they didn't count, mm-hmm. right? In the regular season and didn't have to replay, and I felt like, man, they should have. That one should have counted. So we get to that moment. Um, it was fulfilling too because I didn't have a good game, mm-hmm. and so I tell a lot of people and a lot of kids like, one possession at a time, because mm-hmm. you don't know when that moment's gonna come. You don't know when the impact mm-hmm. of one little play you can make can change everything. Don't mm-hmm. think, cause oh man, I ain't shooting the ball. Well, I'm not doing over this. Over to over. Ain't over. And didn't have a timeout. Um, and. They knew we were going to run. Mm-hmm. We knew it. It's just <laughs> yeah. Charlie found me in on that little crease. Mm-hmm. I never really worked on runners like that. Um, but it's, it's, it becomes a touch thing and then um, got a good bounce. And then once once the ball hit the rim, actually, if you watch, I actually was ready to jump and tip it yeah, back tip in it again. Yeah, because that's what happened. You jumped up a sex time. Yeah. Then I hit the ball. I, I was just, I just hit, the, at that point, man, I don't even, you know, you just reacted. Yeah. And I, I was trying to run back to the locker well, that's, room. That's embedded in the history because yeah. they show that highlight all yeah. the time you pumping that fist. Yeah. And tell them to get I think people well. just, you know, because I wasn't a, a real emotional, emotional yeah. guy. And then, it just like everything comes out at one moment like that. Just everything that went into the series, like, you know, just the intensity, you know, of every moment. Like we said earlier, every every, every moment matters. Everything, everything, every little thing matters. So when it all kind of comes to a head like that and, and you know, it's it's game five, you know, it's like you yeah. you 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 live. Yeah. I want to know about when the fight happened, when the brawl broke out and you had PJ flipping, was it Charlie? Yeah. And then you had J- JVG dragging on the floor. Like, yeah. how, what was your mental 
process when this was happening. And then I want to also, a second question, after the fact, when y'all literally, like, after everybody saw JVG being dragged around, <laughs> what was y'all saying after the fact for that? That... <laughs> <laughs> that that's probably one of the biggest pain points of my career because that one moment we had beat Chicago three out of four that regular season. That was the best team I ever been on, mm. and we're up three one, and that one thing happens right, and next thing you know is like a blur. Next thing you know. You know, a couple people step over that line on yep. a sideline, and that's and then it just so happened because we were on our side. You know, you see all these people. You know, I think it was three of our guys stepped across. One of theirs got got hit. We had six of ours get hit. Mm-hmm. Right, so I'm sitting, you know, at home, literally watching. You know, I think it was game six. We, you know, then we we lose game seven, and um. So all I could think about was, is what if, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because that was the best team. You know, we were up, yeah, we were in yeah. control of the series, and that happened. And then, but the whole the whole thing with Jeff, with Jeff is at any moment during that series, you just felt anything like some, could anything could happen. Yeah, it, that's it, what I'm and, saying. And that tension old, was so. You know, you got these old, are the personalities. On you the got yeah, yeah, you got the tension. You got the history. You got the physicality. You got, I mean, at any point. You know what I mean? It was just a physical series, and it wasn't really surprised when things broke out. It was right, just it, how, it was just like a matter of okay, how's it going? All right, how's it going? You know, disperse yeah. and 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 clean itself up. Well, Jeff, the whole that cleaned itself up a different than we expected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know the history of your grandfather, like him working, the uh, him working in the mill and. Um, your pops, what he had to go through to get to where he at. When you first heard that they finna give you a hundred million dollars, <laughs> like give you a hundred million dollars, and knowing what your family then went through, your pops, your mom, <laughs> like you know, they don't they don't just say they don't say hundred million out there yeah. with a lot of people. Yeah, for them and to then, say a hundred million, then, yeah, and then it was obviously not as common and prevalent at yeah. that time. You not know what I mean? Not as common. Not right? at all. Um, whew, I mean, it was surreal, man. Like I remember signing on the top of the world trade. Center. Did you get there? Did you get there? Time way? out. Time yeah. out. That man said he signed on top of the world trade center. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a bar in itself. You yeah. feel me? Yeah, that's 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 where it was. Come on, man. Yeah. How that feel when you really just sitting there? When you, know, you like, I don't even know if you, I could really still process it. Really, you know what I mean? It's it's um. One thing my, you know. Man, I signed 48 and thought I was getting G, but this man signed 100. You know what I'm saying? G, we signed. What? This man signed 100. You would have made me out. But look, hey, talk to my assistant. I don't have time right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I don't even, it's still hard to process. It still is hard to process it because, you know, you don't, you never really expected that. Yeah. But for the organization to commit to you like that, yeah. like how did that, that make you just feel well, all around? One thing that I look back and like, you know, what you said is important because f- you don't do that at that time unless you really trust that someone can not just be the type of person that can, like, you know, be a good representative, mm-hmm. but, like, be consistent enough. And yeah. I think then you don't you didn't get that so much on potential. At that point, you get yeah. it on what you kind of what have you what yeah. you've done already. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what made it feel good is that 
you know, all the thing that came that has that comes with came with being a Nick, um, you know, all the other stuff, and I I, I felt like it was it was are you a, are you gonna be a good rep? Mm-hmm. So it's so I even to this day like people talk about from a culture right development. You talk about the coaches and the staff. To me, the most important part of a culture and development is the best Play. players because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they set they they set, set the, tone. the tone for the younger players coming in and how they perceive their job and you know and and build. So I felt like at that point that was my responsibility. Mm-hmm. Tell me about how like because you were a guy that, that obviously six year hundred million in front of Knicks. You you came you came to New York. And you faced it, and you were successful. You were able to, you were able to hoop. You were able to be who you 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 are, and um, help the team be successful. Tell me about how how you guys approached it, as far as like, you know, the whole narrative that superstars don't want to come here. They scared of yeah. New York City. Tell me why you were able to come here and not worry and be successful and play uh-huh. and, and not have any of that noise really affect you or impact you or, you know, steer you from coming here. Like, not one, like, you know, a lot of people say that they don't want to come here because of different I things. I like, now, though, but back then, I think. It was still, was, you know, New York, me, d- d- well, this is what it's been. So I think for me the big thing was I remember Patrick Ewing, came and picked me up on a jet, right? Oh. And to, as a free agent, it was me and my dad sitting sitting on that plane, sitting right yeah, in front OG, of Patrick Ewing. Big, big Pat. Big he came Pat. on a private jet. The, they and, sent and, and in the big guns, huh? Big Pat came, and, and, and I'm like, okay. So, Pat, my, my, my father was reminding Big Pat of, of when Louisville played them in Georgetown. He's like, yo, you you goaltend in the first six shots of that game, man. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. <laughs> so, so, so I'm like, all right, let's get through this. I don't want to hear what Big Fella got to say. <laughs> so, but um, for him to like say like, I need you, right? Was 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 really impactful, right? We got to we got another step we got to get to. Like they had just lost in '94, yeah. and you know, and they were like, "No, we." So that was like, it was almost like, man, like I'm needed for this call. It was a call. It felt like more of a call than like, do I need? Can am I, am I worried about what happens? And another thing for me is like, I had always I had felt like people doubted me a little bit in terms of can he do this so i took it as a challenge because i wanted to show like it's not about the physical part it's the mental part yeah and i wanted to like embrace that now it was hard you know it was tough because you know i heard you know, you're gonna get booed you know alan useless you're gonna get all that right mm-hmm. and and i think what helped me was then just you know just just my faith in the foundation of like we talked about earlier about the fundamentals of master who you are mm-hmm. gotta know who you are yeah. can't get caught caught up in the other stuff so by the time you get to the point where you're playing with other great players that's another thing like you don't want to go somewhere especially here if you're not playing with other really good players mm-hmm. but we had that like we mm-hmm. had so I was okay with all right my job is to figure it out and then take take where it Take it where it's supposed to go after that, right? You know, just the, the tone was set, like the foundation was laid for me. Yeah, I mean, the thing that I'm that I look at that people don't probably don't understand is crazy. Is like 
you went 81 games, 82 games, 50 games in the condensed, which was all all yeah, of the games. Yeah, we played that three, three, three back to back. Three games, three three nights in a row during that lockout. Yeah. And so you play all of them games, and you play 82. Like, like what would talk about how it was for you because you didn't miss games. Yeah. Like, obviously, we're not in that same time zone, yeah. but like when you look at that, like, in that physical type of a, of an NBA for you to play 81, 82, 50, 82 and not miss games. Talk about that mindset that you had and how, how that was, especially because it was so much different as far as the physicality of the league. Well, I think you said to me it was just a mindset. I think you, you know, I think for seven seasons I missed like ten games. Exactly. You know, exactly, and I like, which you is think, ridiculous in that era. Yeah, I, and I think it was like, you, you, I just had it in my mind. Like, I think practicing, we practiced, too. Like, oh, we practiced. back in the day, we practiced. You know, we practiced. <laughs> Trey Jeff. Unless you um, ran to No mistake about <laughs> it. No Van Gundy that will hold a, a weak practice. <laughs> a weak practice is not weak. Right, right. They say weak, and it still be bullshit. Yeah. I'm telling you, I promise you. Yeah, this is a city boy. You a country boy like me, small town. City boys up. <laughs> City boy with it. What about New York that you you fell in love with, that you wanted to raise your family here, that you come back after you retire, you know what I'm saying, yeah. and, and you've been here? Because yeah. I don't like big cities. <laughs> I'm not, like, I'm, I like no traffic. I like to get where I need to get at. Yeah. Like, what made New York It be really your was home? my wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she so she she her happy her, wife happy life. Listen, <laughs> she um she I, we met in Detroit, but her family, her mother's side of the family is the East Coast. Okay, they're from here, and I think that um, once I did sign that last deal, I felt like okay, how can I make this something bigger than just okay? You played as a Nick, like how can I figure out how to do something? Mm-hmm. Like think about if you're trying to do anything in business, you're trying to do anything. You're going to have a place, whether it's culture, whether it's whatever you're doing, it's going to be here. So I figured, okay, at this point, if you really want to make it home, make an impact, you know, it's here, you know, and capitalize on some of the things I was able to to do. But I think the challenge, it was really part of the challenge, too, of of being in New York. They say if you make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. And I felt like let's take the challenge on trying to, Keep going. Just keep going. Keep making an impact. What was the first time you played against Mike? Like, like, how was that for you to play against Jordan? Um, first time was uh, was our sophomore in college at his camp. Remember the, 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 the Jordan, Jordan camp? camp. Um, as a counselor. You was a counselor. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Pick up game. Yeah. Was it Santa Barbara? Where you was at? Uh, Chicago. It was like in Chicago. Chicago. Like, Chicago. Out of, I was out of him. Yeah. Purdue. Didn't they have it at Purdue or somewhere around there? Somewhere out of Maybe it was Amherst. But uh, that was the first time. And then, um, you know, when we probably played against him in the Dream Team. Mm-hmm. You know that whole situation was 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 amazing, man. This is what Jamal Mashburn was talking about. Yeah. Oh y'all yeah, came man. through and and Bird talked back. T- okay, let me hear you. Let me hear you. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Give me the Allen Houston recollection. Let's hear about the ass whooping y'all gave them, and then the retaliation. Yeah, the retaliation is always the end of the story, right? <laughs> I, I mean, what I remember most is the three or four days, like, like the prep. Like you go in and and like it's like this this veil you can't go behind or see yet. You plan practicing for three days, and we – like, it was really cool, you know, getting to play with 
with Mash and Penny, you yeah. know, and Weber. and C. Webb and Hurley and, and Grant. Like that was crazy. Mm -hmm. So we're practicing, and then finally we get to the gym, and we they 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 take us up to this this like loft where you're looking down on it, like, mm -hmm. and then you see the first three plays, like you see Mike strip somebody, go up and dunk. Then you see Clyde. Then you just see, you, you know, you see Big Fella and Patrick going at it, and you just see like magic. It's like, man, what is this? It's like Everywhere, a, it's Barkley, like, a, it's like long. yeah, it's like you just seeing all these, and they going at it, going at it. All your childhood hero. You just looking like, yo, this is gonna be crazy. So, what they told us is like, look. They haven't really played against European style much. So for us, it was like, go out and just play. You know, move the ball. They're going to play some run. zone. Just yeah. run. Just yeah. play. They don't know you. So our thing was, let's just play. They don't, they don't really – they can't size us up and say, like, force us this way, this way. So it was like, drive, kick, just play. Get up and down. We really had nothing to lose, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So we get up and we start – we start finding the rhythm, you know, guys are, you know, Penny, Penny's pinning people's on the glass, you know, C-Webb's doing his thing, and, and Bobby's just He's penetrating, pushing the trade, you know, and, and I hit a couple threes, and, and next thing you know, like, we feeling like a little rhythm, and like, you could tell, like, all right, they, they're kind of like, they're, they're, they're treating it serious, but you could tell they're just kind of like still trying to size everything up, right? So... At some point, you know, the clock, the clock stops. They said, all right, let's, you know, stop the clock. And we look up and like, we up. Yeah. Right. And we, we're, we're up, you know, and at that point, we looking around like, oh, yeah. what are we going to do? Like, what's <laughs> right. going on? Like, like, just, it was, was kind of quiet, yeah. And so we played a few more minutes and then that was it. They just yeah. shut it, shut it down. Right. So, you know, after, after practice, you know, everybody's getting their shots up and you can see they're getting their shots up. And uh, we get back to the hotel and... and um, it's time for us to talk our shit. Yeah, yeah, we just, you know, walking around and, you know, we like, who going, like, anybody going to say something? Yeah. <laughs> so we ain't going to just but, talk but about it what we just did. It wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't like, it wasn't like officially like we won, but we nah, knew. We, won. Like, we, knew we, 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 we got, got like, some ass like, that day. We won. We just beat the dream team. So, and... um. I remember Bird getting out the elevators like, uh, see y'all tomorrow, young fellas. See y'all tomorrow. And that was like, that was like a, wasn't like a looking forward to seeing y'all tomorrow. I was like, no, nah, it was like a see y'all tomorrow. <laughs> right? <laughs> Man, the next day, the next day was, it was, it, we were like, like Angola, Angola out there. Man, yeah, it was different. It they was, went it was different. Like it was that? different that day. Yeah, you could tell that. You know, they were like, "Come on now, we gonna we gonna let 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 y'all know who we really are." Um, but but it was you for that for a moment you could tell like this was different because they hadn't played you mm -hmm. know European style zone and all that. So you could tell they they couldn't they used to like knowing what this guy's gonna do. I'm gonna yeah. take advantage of this matchup. They couldn't do that because they hadn't seen us play and we were just out there just 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 balling. I want to take you back to ninety nine two thousand. Your, when you made your first All-Star, like that year was like a, a crazy year for you made the first All-Star, then you going to the summer and you you on yeah. Dream Team 3. Yeah. Like, 
tell me about like as far as like nothing else but basketball. Like after that year, after making All Star, playing all eighty two games, then you get selected to the Dream Team. Like, what was that like for you? Like being that you played against the original Dream Team in college, and like everything come full circle. This your first All Star. You at the you in the NBA playing at the highest level. You achieve All Star. Then you achieve. Like everybody know, like All Star is one thing. All NBA is one thing. When you get picked for the Olympic team, yeah. that's a whole that's nother different. level. Like, yeah. how was that year in totality, the like, as far as you basketball-wise? So, well, so all that being said, my daughter was born the day after we won the Eastern Conference Championship. Well, first child. Big girl Trump everything. So, like, to answer your question, it was saw also over well. I remember going, she was born on Saturday. The game was on Friday night. We have to leave to go to San Antonio on Sunday. Right. I remember walking into my bathroom, and it it all hit me at one time. And I just stood in front of the mirror, and I was bawling. Mm -hmm. Like, literally bawling uncontrolled. I was bawling. I was like, you know, you you, you made an all-star team, you know, and this is before the Olympics. Like then, you know, then you go to the finals, and your daughter, your first child's boy, is like, what all? What, what happened? You yeah. know, so yeah, like then you go, and then you that next next summer, um, that following summer, you make the all star. We made the all star team again in two thousand, and we go to Olympics. And those, you know, those two years, you, what, what happens is you think about all the work, right? That that you put in, and the pe- people put in with you and for mm-hmm. you. You know, my sisters. You know, driving in an old van down to Millersville, Georgia, to go to BC basketball camp, mm-hmm. right? And and all those sacrifices that everybody made for you, um, how it kind of comes like this is a moment that you like. All right, God, like make sure I don't mess this up. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Like just 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 make sure you maximize it because you don't know how long how that, was this thing it, lasts. How was it when you got the call for the for the Olympic team? Like where? Like what was so that early. like? So. It was 99, we had to qualify. Remember 98, uh, the USA team lost in Greece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 99, we had to go qualify for the Olympics in 99 down in Puerto Rico. So right. that was, um, you know, Rip Hamilton was on that, Tim Duncan, we had, you know. So that was when I'm like, okay, we win that one. And then that's when I figured, okay, we do take care of business. I'll probably get a chance to go back in 2000. But, two, you know, the 2000 Olympics was crazy, man. You know, it you played a whole summer with these guys, you know, with Ray, Sharif, Sharif, you know, Ooh, GP, GP, you know, Smitty. Steve Smith, Zoe, I mean, J Kid. I mean, you spending you spending a whole summer with them and getting to know them, hanging K, you know, remember KG on the bus? Like you, you knew you were gonna get something on the bus. You on every day with with KG. You know what I mean? It was just like going through that that whole experience and going to. Um, Asia, going to Melbourne, Melbourne, going to to Sydney, um, yeah, man, and and you know, you put that gold medal in your hand, and you take a bite of it, you're like, yo, this is real. Can't even put a teeth more. No, you can't. <laughs> when you decided to try to make a comeback, was you tripping? Mm-hmm. When you look back on it now, was you tripping, or was you feel like, yeah, I could, I could have made that team? I think the only thing I was that there. I. Yeah, I, I oh, th- use that. Yeah, I, I think, and I would love to hear his honest perspective because <laughs> my thing is like, I feel like um, 
I think training camp wasn't going. I wasn't going to do training camp. Yeah. Like if I would have tried to come back, maybe in the middle of the season and play a different schedule, maybe. But I just think it was time. Like I just think it was that time. Like I, you know, could I play like in Europe once a week yeah. or something? Yeah, maybe. But yeah, because I know I, I was. Tripping. It was a grind, man. Yeah, yeah I was tripping. Was tripping. I, was I think. I think. I think what he's saying is like possibly because of things weren't the way they are now. Yeah. If yeah. they were the way they are now, the way people, you know, they do all of this rest and they plan things and they, hey, you're gonna you're gonna play this game and sit out in that back then we didn't have that. Yeah. We was like, when you one back, way. you back, you playing. And mm-hmm. if you're gonna practice, you can practice the whole time. And like we yeah. had Larry Brown, bro. Yeah. Like that yeah. wasn't like, you know what I'm saying? Cause I the jumper was wet as ever. We would shoot and do shooting at the practice. That wasn't yeah. that. It was just like, you know what I'm saying? Like he said, like, you know, you had the knee injury. So it's like I was he couldn't. Though. He couldn't like, <laughs> but like he could have played in games and been a threat. Yeah. Just because all he gotta do is get it warmed up. But it's like you know he at that point the technology wasn't where it is now mm-hmm. for you to be out like where you got the little the little venom joint where you just sit on the sideline just warm your knee up while you just sitting still. Yeah. So we ain't have all that. So like if he would have had that type of technology and equipment and been able to rev it up like he could have because we saw like. It was like when he first started, my was like, oh shit, H2O back. But it was like as the gruel and the grind went down, his knee was affected and he was able to do less and less, but the jumper never waned. Yeah, it's just getting it off. It was just getting it off. Yeah. <laughs> to see this era, the way they shoot threes, and you being one of the best three point shooters ever, how you look at this era and just the, the three points of it, like them shooting the way they <laughs> shooting, you know? You know, you I, used to I, I get two well, or three up a game. Yeah. Steph Curry just hit six in the first quarter. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I get that question a lot. Like, what what would you like, how would you how would you play in this game, this era? Like, would you I probably would have shot more threes. I probably would have thirty at some point. You shot the jump. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you know, the way again, the way we came up is you you have different areas on the court you got to explore mm-hmm. and i and i kind of like have to catch myself and tell other people like be careful because some of it is not just just running around shooting threes it's like where can you take advantage of the defense where can you take advantage of your matchup sometimes it might be in a different area of mm-hmm. the floor just to have the balance but yeah i'll probably you know i look at it now what i'm i'm amazed honestly is yeah. the depth Right, how they shoot it, like so yeah. from so deep, and yeah. and 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 with, and like they come off full speed, like yeah. it's like when we come off a pin down. When we used to come off a pin down from fifteen feet, and we come up and just shoot, but they yeah. do that from from twenty five yeah. feet off the three point, and in the type of shape, you know that you got to be in, you know, yeah, to Steph, play in today's like game. Steph, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you got to have your legs, you got to balance. But it's like anything; the more you push yourself to do something, your mind will. Will adjust, yeah, and I think that's what's happening. These guys are pushing themselves to the limits to do stuff that we probably didn't even think about doing. Who came up with the H two O on the shoes? First of all, let me say that this is probably one of the most appropriate nicknames that you could have ever that anybody <laughs> could have ever given anybody. When we saw that H two O on your <laughs> shoes, and you already know, like we young boys, we like you already know we jump a water. They we saw that boy H two, I said, "Oh my god!" <laughs> Me him and Keon was we was we was out done. Like, oh my god! Like man, this man got H two O on his shoes. Like boy, like if that shit ain't appropriate, like this is the coldest nickname. Man, you down there hitting every jump of you shoot. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, it's water. 
it's like it's it's so many different isms with it. It's, mm-hmm. it. It means water, but it's also his name is Houston and his number is twenty. It's like what? The, it, yeah, come on, work. bro! Like it's too much. It's, it was too much. Yeah, it was fire. Yeah. Now what happened was my cousin. He actually made he actually made a made something that had the H and the twenty, and I was like, wait a minute, is that? It's an H2O. And then, <laughs> I said, wait a minute, that's kind of crazy, right? And then he made this logo. He made a silhouette of me shooting, and he made a shirt. And then he put the garden, right? He mm-hmm. put the garden, and the whole, like, then he, he made a garden, and he made my sh- my jump shot rain the water. on top of Martin Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. Man, I was like, paid oh. That, <laughs> right? Somebody paid that, So that's man. how it came up. But a lot of people thought it was... H20 at first, and I was like, is that H2O? I was like, yeah, it's H2O. Yeah, no, he knew what it was as soon as we seen it. We was like, oh, man, he got that on it? That's that's crazy. Knowing your history and, uh, like I said, you say with Muhammad Ali and, and, you know, with your father and them, they couldn't, you know, being at a school where they couldn't go to this school or even being on the campus to now, you know, your father, the first black coach there, to, to help out with President Obama and, you know, his fundraisers and all the stuff he does to be the first black president, to be a part of that, like, how was that for you, that experience to to get into that? Well, um, we got a call from the Urban League up in uh, Connecticut that said, hey, man, the campaign might want to do something at your house. I'm like, like, what? Like, yeah, what well, we got to do? You know yeah. what I mean? Let's go. <laughs> and, um, man, it was amazing. So... We we one of the things I remember the most is um, we were going down. There's when you go down these stairs, you can see our basketball court, and before you go out to the outside where people were, you know, were talking, um, and uh, I was like, I knew he liked the hoop, and I'm like, should I even like like let him see that? So I'm like, <laughs> point to it, you know what I mean? And he and he um. He, he, we, we went down the little the alleyway, went down the stairs. He said, I don't want to get into the little Bulls Knicks rivalries right now. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's, how I, that's, that's all that was. But man, just, yeah, man. I mean, you think about like the, the magnitude of that. And just, just like three days ago, my son didn't, my 10 year old son didn't know anything about it. And he saw a picture of, of him in the house. He's like, wait a minute, is that? Is he was he here in the crib? Right, right. <laughs> right. He was here. And I was like, yeah, man. And and so you think about, you know, he did a his buddies, the other dude in his class did a project on President Obama. And mm-hmm. I'm like, he can say, yeah, he was here. But I think the just the way he was so witty, and I got a chance to work with Craig, like his brother-in-law, you mm-hmm. know, for a couple of years who was with right, the Knicks. Yeah, with and the Knicks, and yeah. you got to really you know, just get a just get a, a real sense of like how real how real he is, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? How real he is as a person. That's crazy because we had Vince, Vince on, and Vince had an event in Orlando where right, did the same thing. Yeah. They came to the house, and it's like my thing that I said to Vince is that I would, I could say the same thing to you that like you only really get that call from him and the administration when you have the facilities as far as like the house to outfit yeah, to this accommodate kind of thing. all so, this stuff. So we know that everybody in this situation is very, very blessed. You know what I'm saying? The blessed, fact that you right. came down a little staircase and it was a little glance over there at an indoor right. court, you know what I'm saying? A whole court, you know, we ain't gonna talk about all that, but you know. To, yeah, to, to receive an award from that 
you know, yeah. your contribute to that to, to receive an award for what you do and how you carry yourself, you and your family, how you represent yourself in that way. Like, what did that award mean to you? Service and engagement award. Man, I think it just goes back to that word legacy, man. Yeah. You know, it's like what I try to tell a lot of the young people is your legacy isn't about some old dude looking back on what they did. It's about you, something you building now. Yeah. You building a legacy, right? And, um, you know, like I heard it hit me when uh, Jimmy Butler got interviewed, right? And, and he said, man, D-Wade hit me. He's like, man, keep building your legacy. So, like, we're constantly doing that every day. Mm -hmm. Like, we're always recreating. We're creating who we want to be. And the fact that I had those examples, you know, my my um, my great grand my grandfather on my mother's side was one of the all time winningest coaches in Kentucky history. He won eight hundred fifty six games and mm -hmm. was like one Negro uh, national championship in Kentucky. So I think it's like the whole idea of service and coaching and just like helping the next generation. Elevate is just, you know, it's, it's part of who you are. It's not even like something you think about doing. I feel like this is the perfect time to ask about Fissel and the mm -hmm. Allen Houston Youth Legacy Foundation because we're talking about legacy. Like what <clears throat> what prompted you to, you know, to, to, to found and, and start up these, you know, initiatives to help, you know, youth and adults be leaders? You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I feel like I can – yeah, yeah, man, we, we talked about it. Yeah. We spoken, but like just for everybody else, what what made you want to, you know, put these put these things in place to try and you know mobilize and help people out there in the world? I mean, it really comes back to what we just discussed. You know, when when my I remember one day leaving practice, um, leaving practice, and it just hit me. Like, think about like how many you know we talked about this earlier about fatherhood, right? How many of our peers can say? they were able to experience what we can provide our kids. Mm -hmm. The father that just there, present, can be there with them. So I hit my dad, I'm like, wait a minute. How many, how many of my teammates and peers can say that we, that we had that? So, so we had this conversation, like, we need to do some camps. We need to do something to teach and help young men just be mentors, fathers. So then we did these retreats. And the, the stories that would come out of like a, a young man that never had that conversation with his dad, right? Sleeping in the bed, sleeping at night, teaching him a jump shot in the daytime, but having that experience. And so what happened was I was on a plane after that and just five words just came to my head, right? Faith, integrity, sacrifice, leadership, and legacy. And I started thinking like those are the fundamentals. So when we talked about the fundamentals earlier, then you got to have fundamentals of, of life, just principles to like yeah, give bro. you a strategy and a toolbox, right? So we just started doing that and created this whole platform so that these conversations can be um, what we call a, a lens and a mirror, right? So you got to have a lens through which to see your, your values and how you see life, but you also got to have a mirror so you're like, am I measuring up to that? Am I looking at myself and doing it? So when I, I went to the NBA and I, I always loved fashion, you know, and, and I had a chance to get a fashion apparel license, you know, with the league. So now we got NBA. We got Major League Baseball. He big time, y'all. <laughs> so it's Them just all. They need to come by now, <laughs> you, know, you know. Yeah. So it's, now we got colleges. We're about to do something with, with HBCUs. So it's really about having the young, because our young people, we notice like young people now, 
they're not in anything fake. They're trying to figure out what, how can I really make a difference? Mm -hmm. And how can I lead in culture? So it, you only lead in culture the same way when we went in the gym, we saw somebody else that's doing it that we can like, okay, I want to do that. So you got you to gotta create a model where young people can step into something that they want to be like. And it's, a lot of time it has to do with what you're doing using media, using a platform, using fashion, like you can't just say these words. They have to see where, what they look like, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's really what Fizzle is. It's about uh, giving them that, that mindset that they can have to develop into something to make a real impact, you know, to maximize that. Tell me this. You got, you got seven kids. Tell me why it's so important for real fathers to get that notoriety and for us to be present in our, in our yeah. kids' lives? Honestly, father, fatherhood is so deep, right? Um, I think it's at the core of a man's identity. Um, you know, when I look at my relationship with my dad, all the stuff that I've accomplished, people say, well, why don't you talk about your mom? So, first of all, my, my mother's a beast. right. She ran, she ran a company while my father was coaching. She ran everything. But it was like my father, I got to see how he treated her, mm -hmm. like how he elevated her, how he respected and advanced her. Um, I think it's, I just think it's, our ch children didn't ask to be here, right? Like that was our decision and choice, right? In in most cases, you know, right? Right. Yeah. But but I think the reality is, it's up to us to give them what they deserve. You know what I mean? And they deserve to have that. So when I think of why it's important, if I don't, if I'm not here anymore, if something happens to me, at least I want them to know like what what I stood for, like what they're supposed to carry on, mm. right? And that's why like the fizzle and everything. So like John Wooden, pyramid of success. Like, I feel like people, kids should have some kind of thing that they know in their head, this is what I'm supposed to live by. And I think that's really what the role of the father really should be, is to, to give you that roadmap, that navigation system. So now they can take it. Think about, like, I look at my father, I'm like, okay, now I know what I want to do to elevate and take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. my, when, I was, when I named my son Alan Third, I struggled with that. I'm like, okay, should, should he have that? on him, right? But it wasn't that he has it on him, but he has enough in him. You see what I'm saying? And that's the difference. So now he has enough to take and move it and advance it forward. So that's why it's important to me because that's just what I saw. Tell, uh, tell us like how important like communication is mm -hmm. and how your, your mom and your dad kind of instilled some of that in you to have that. Well, they were never f scared to have hard conversations. But I think what happens as a, as a parent, as an adult, you basically say, this is how you're supposed to act, how you're supposed to do, but you don't really explain why, right? You, you kind of just, you know, say, do this, do that. So I think f I always try to really understand what a 10-year-old is really thinking. What is a 14-year-old thinking? What's the what are they thinking? Because if I, if I can try to understand then I can kind of, the communication can kind of yeah. sit, right? If I, if I tell my daughter or son, this, you're not supposed to do this, it's one thing, but if I say, here's why, you need to understand yourself mm -hmm. so you can know next time why 
you've made that decision because you have to you have to take in the prison one take ownership of it and they can't take ownership of it i think any of us can take ownership of it unless we really are communicating right and speaking the same it's like a team right it's like if a if a coach is not talking to the player they're not talking and they're just going to be out there and it's not going to be that there's only so much so far they can go Start bench trade. You got to start one. You got to bench one. You got to trade one. Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, Mitch Richmond. I think you got to start Ray. Ray, to me, in that group had a little bit of, you know, Ray could bring the ball up. He runs Milwaukee ball screens. Don't forget Jesus. about that Milwaukee. Jesus, shut us Come on, now. Come on, you swing around the rim. Listen, Look on. on you with them J's on his feet. <laughs> um. So you start Ray. You know, I'm just trying to buy some time right now. <laughs> <laughs> Repeat that, start Ray. Um, I think I got to go with Reggie. You know, because you you just you just know that at any point you can you can you can now you can count on Mitch too. You but know what I mean? Reggie probably had more opportunities at the bigger moments. He had the Mitch big too. moments, and yeah. you know. Um, I think he, he's he's done it for so long. You yeah. know, he, like you said, he had all his opportunities, and you just you just got a good feeling like something good gonna happen. Yeah. That's a tough one right there. <laughs> Tell us like how important has the G League and how much it's advanced to like it's it's really a key piece yeah. to the whole NBA setup. You know what I'm saying? Like they they saved the season, yeah. and and now you got so many ballers coming Man. out there G League and they coming straight in getting them buckets. Well this year you saw a lot because you yeah. had the injuries, you had people coming COVID. right in. Yeah. Look at Derek look at Derek White. Mm-hmm. You know? Um Kaminga. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think anything you make important, you're gonna give it a chance. I yeah. think teams started taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. Um putting more I remember being a GM of our G League team for six seasons and you like, okay, we're going to have this, but we got to make sure we use it and, and give guys an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So when they started doing the two-way contracts, that was big. Mm-hmm. Because now a player can come in and and you're, it, it shows you value. Mm-hmm. Like the system, the player you always value because yeah. you look at them, you give them an opportunity. But I think the value is um, they're playing against really good players. Yeah. They may not be as big – you know, um, I think the biggest difference is sometimes the size, you yeah. know, but they play hard. They're yeah. they're talented. Um, and it's and it's great preparation. You know, we had a guy like like Deuce McBride this year that would go to the G League and 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 like he never left off. He'd come right back in, play heavy minutes, finish games, and it's like I remember when I was in Detroit. And we would go to the racket club. We would go to the the, the club, I mean, the health club at night just to get run because there was mm-hmm. no G League. Mm-hmm. So you have a light practice one day. Me and Lindsey sometimes would just, let's go over here and hoop. Get a game, man. Right? Yeah. I would tell the young guys that. I'm like, what? Like, yeah, right. man. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? we just wanted to go hoop because yeah. we didn't you get did enough what? run. It's like, what are you doing? So, but but now you have that opportunity. Um, they take it seriously. And then, you, like you said, you got the Ignite. You have all these this platforms that they can come in and play real significant minutes in in the same way that they're playing in in, in NBA. How you feel about the, like you know when you got guys like uh, that really play real minutes like Clay Thompson or all these guys that go down to the G League and get a rhythm real quick, 
and then come back up and play in the games like the I mean it went from like everybody didn't care about the G League, people didn't give a fuck about it to now it's really an important piece. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Cause yeah. they didn't know how to handle it. It's yeah. like, man, if you ain't gonna it, let me it, in the league, I don't wanna play in the G League. They considered a demotion when it was never really supposed to be a demotion. Like yeah. the the guys who actually take advantage of the G League are the guys who don't see it that way. Yeah. yeah. They see it as a way where look. I, I gotta get I gotta hone my craft. Mm-hmm. Like this is my livelihood. Like yeah. I gotta figure out how to add any little yeah. advantage. You know what it is? You gotta try to find some type of advantage yeah. in anything you do. And you go to the G League where okay, I'm I gotta get in shape. Yeah. I remember when Mari was with us, you know, he would go and we would sign him for a day and he would practice. With them, mm-hmm. just to get come the back. In, yep. You know what I mean. So you got to figure out where else you gonna get that type of run in right, the middle. Yeah, you know, yeah. in the season, especially if you're in that situation where you're injured, you're trying to get back. Yeah, hey, I know what I like. Well, everybody know I like to ask this question, but this question ain't about you know taking care of mama. Probably, mama and daddy was already taking care of because Pop was at Louisville clocking yeah. them big boy checks. So you ain't <laughs> had to go do that. I won't right. know what, what, what H2O did for himself. Did like, now at your advanced stage and you are yeah. adult and you grown and you know you 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 know what's what, you yeah. probably look back like that was dumb as hell. But like, <laughs> in that moment, you thought right. you was killing them. You was killing them. I thought you was killing them. You did all <laughs> yeah. that. I won't know what you did. I won't hear the outlandish bag story. <laughs> I, I need to hear something like that. Bro, you got a hundred tickets when it was rare. It was very, very rare. I remember him signing that six years a hundred. I'm like, man, Jay, he's got a hundred million. Like, who? I, I was sound like, D- talking like Bernie Mac voice. Shout out to D.A. Derek Anson. I remember he came up to the guard. Hey, listen, that's the low-cut king. He invented low-cuts with the Jordan brand. He is a trend-setting. Him and Loyalty. Loyalty one. There you go. D.A. You got to get D.A. Up in the building soon. DA. Come, he's like he came. You know, Da was from Louisville, man. We used to, I used to see him. I was like, this young kid's gonna be cold yeah, yeah. and a winner. Mm-hmm. He came uh, when I signed. He was like, yeah, stay doing that. <laughs> I said, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's my guy. But yeah, you know, I don't think I did anything crazy. I think it was a plane. I I had something about wanting to fly fly private. Mm, that was my okay. thing. I just was like, like, dude, you don't need to fly private on this that's, thing. That's, look, that's yeah. the bell and the whistle right dude, there. Like, I, we know what that is. You know, it was just like I would take a trip, you know, the golf trip to Vegas or something yeah. with a couple of boys and just like that was my thing. And like, they like and you know, my guys, my, my financial people were like, look, all right, I get it, man. But at the end of the year, let's just. Ride, you I mean, you know <laughs> what I mean? If you ain't doing that much crazy, we can deal with this right yeah, here. You're going to yeah, taper think, it down on all the other stuff? Okay, it's but, cool. But the crazy thing about that is you said it earlier. My mother were in a financial aid department at, at Louisville where my father was coaching. Mm-hmm. So she, she, in her mind, she, she was always like, look. Yeah. The crazy thing, when I signed my first one, when I came to New York, they wouldn't even let me do anything for them. Like mm-hmm. so, the thing I did was we got him a, um, a condo in Florida because when I signed my first real deal, they were like, "No, we don't want you to. Do, we don't want you to do anything." I don't know. They may have been. They may have knew I was gonna have seven kids or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, they 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 always kind of built it in your head like, don't do anything crazy because you know 
Yeah. You're going to have to. You're going to have to need it later on. Yeah. I tell you what, that's a blessing. Yeah. yeah. I we know. ain't grew up like that. We had <laughs> yeah. to go on here and make sure things was in order and yeah. situated. You know, I done had teammates like you. Like, yeah. I can recall talking to JJ. He like, you did what? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nah, I didn't have to do that when I was coming. Yeah. Like, you know yeah. I know. <laughs> like, I, we had I to get things. We had to get affairs in order, boy. Like, that's a big blessing right there, my boy. That's a big one. How, how was uh, let me just ask you this? How was like the garden for you? Like mm. the, like how the fans are, how the people are, how is you know Energy. it's like a stage. You know it's it's dark yeah. all the way around. Just that Knicks just, like, right there, like fan, how was that fandom. just garden atmosphere to be playing in the Man, garden, so the mecca of basketball? I, I remember driving to my first game, and uh, <laughs> I, I remember driving and like dodging through traffic and. I beat that kid. I beat that. Like, you know, you kind of like, you got like in this competitive mode just driving to the game, right? <laughs> so I get out and I'm like, man, I felt like I played a game already just yeah. getting out, right? And and then you go in, it's the energy. It's just the energy. Like, you can't ever have, I don't feel it today, stepping on that floor. In the garden. You can't ever, like, you can't ever admit to yourself, I don't feel it today. Yeah. Because you come and everybody's coming in on the grind. Everybody, it's just a high, it's high energy. Um, and you just got to gotta come with it every night. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think it elevates your game because you know people are coming in. Yeah. They in the garden. Yeah. You know, and, and they know what that moment, and that know. stage means. So yeah. you got to play that game within your game. 41 times, including playoffs. And so sometimes we find, like, you go on the road and you almost feel more relaxed on the road. You know what I mean? You play with a little bit more edge and relaxation yeah. on the road because the, the energy the energy in the garden is so is so big and intense that it gets you up. But when you have a good team and you're playing well, it's, you know, no like it. Better. You know, like it. Is, it. is it true once you're a Nick, you always a Nick? You heard me say that a million times. Don't it. play me. <laughs> hey, tell him. He, once a, a Nick, a, always a Nick. Bro, I got the T-shirts. They bring a real player back. You know what I'm saying? The fans rock with a player. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate New York City. You know what I'm saying? That's a wrap, man. We got my main man, H2O. H to the Izzo in the building. One of the best shooters of all time. Don't do it, Black. We live on location. We got we visible with Verizon. We visible. got them towers. We out here in New York City's where Spider-Man hang, but we were H2O, baby. Let's Louisville legend. Yes, yes. All right, we want to thank y'all for your continued support of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give us two taps by writing a review and rating five stars wherever you get your podcast. And make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can also find all the episodes on the Players Tribune YouTube page. Follow us on social media at Knuckleheads Podcast and join our Knuckleheads Facebook group for exclusive content. Thanks again to all of our guests and fans. This wouldn't be possible without y'all. The Players Tribune.com